0: Welcome to Keeping It Israel, brought to you by First Century Foundations. This weekly podcast explores how your Christian faith connects to Israel and why standing with Israel matters. Now here's your host, Executive Director of First Century Foundations,
1: Jeff Feuders. Welcome to the podcast today. My name is Jeff and I'll be your host. My guest today is Donna Holbrook. Donna's the National Executive Director of the International Christian Embassy Jerusalem, or the ICEJ, here in Canada. She's a heart to build bridges of friendship between Jews and Christians, to help fight the evils of anti-Semitism, and to educate people about God's eternal promises to Israel. She was awarded the Mir Medical Center Woman of Valor Award in 2006, and the State of Israel Bonds Kesher Award in 2012. Donna, welcome to the podcast.
2: Thank you, Jeff. Great to be with you.
1: Well, it's great to have you with us, and you have been an outstanding supporter of Israel and the Jewish people for many years now, and uh, we've had the occasion to cross paths um, in in recent years since I have uh, been involved in this area of ministry Uh, You have especially been helping Christians understand the significance of the eternal covenant God made with Israel. Uh, When did your journey begin in Israel ministry, and and how did you first become an advocate for Israel and the Jewish people?
2: Well, it's a long story, and I'll try to compress it. Um, But God got a hold of my heart in a new and interesting way back in uh, 1994 through the birth and early passing of our three-week-old son, Jeremy.
1: Um,
2: And so I went deeper. I grew up a Christian. I was involved with the church on a regular basis in my little town. And so God wasn't new to me. He was very much a part of my life. But I didn't know that he actually heard or or could speak back to me in my uh, cry. So... um, Jeremiah 11. My Aunt Harriet is, it was like a mentoring mom to me, and a very godly woman, and um, she helped me through that, as did my sister, and, but she gave me the verse, uh, Jeremiah 29 11. I know that's, that's a lot of people Uh, That's their go-to, and it was my go-to. Jeremy's name was right there, right in the middle of it. And he was Mm. born on the 11th, so 11th, 2 and 9, even our 11th. So it it was all three components. So, uh, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart? I will be found by you, declares the Lord. So that was his promise in his word, and I clung to that and I found that to be very true. So I went seeking. I spent about a year and a half after just really seeking the Lord and wanting to know. We have a beautiful daughter who was three and a half at the time. And so, why, why, Lord? Why why did Jeremy not prosper? And um, my aunt Harriet was uh, sitting on the board of the Canadian Friends of ICJ then. She said, Donna, I think it's time for you to go to Israel. And it Mm. was the Feast of Tabernacles. And that was 1996. So my journey, my first journey was in 1996. That was approximately 50 trips ago. And um, so that was during the feast. And I knew I was uh, rededicated to the Lord at the Toronto Airport Church. And I, I was then in the Jordan and uh i just really pressed in to finding what did god what what am I, what am i to do uh i had been a teacher i had been an entrepreneur um i had my own business i was a stay at home mom and um so um god really spoke to me there and i knew that israel between god and israel there was a definite connection it, it was undeniable So I pressed even in more. But when I came home, Jeff, after that trip, I felt um, homesick.
1: Mm -hmm. I I, understand.
2: I was like, I was already grieving through the loss of her son. And I was working through all of that. And then I came back and I had that same kind of, uh, not the same, it was different, but it was a longing. It was uh, a deep feeling about, God, what is this about? So I became a sponge for everything Jewish. I had taken Hebrew classes. I actually had to uh, give that up when I took on the ministry. I couldn't devote all that time. Uh, But I came into the community and anything that was happening in the Jewish community, I had to be there. Mm -hmm. uh and there were good things wonderful things but there were also remembrances for the holocaust there were things happening in israel that um loss of life and so we would go to memorials we would do rallies we were in the streets we're in front of the um you know the consulate um i joined anti-semitic grassroots groups uh, and uh Cass and Amen. Anti-Semitism must end now. And and just how could we address this? And I was with all the Jewish people, and I was the only Christian, principally. I was the only Christian, and and it was still the same. They still feel alone. They feel that no one else is um, really paying, really caring for them. And I and my presence there, I think, helped over 25 years. It's been 25 years.
1: Wow. Okay. That's amazing.
2: Yeah. So, um, it uh, it doesn't go away. It it was a God thing and it was God implanted that in me and then I just said, "Okay, I'll just keep my hands open. I'll wait for you. I'll 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 stay tuned and and see what I what I can do." So, uh that's when the ministry became um it transitioned. It had closed actually in 2001 but I had become a member of it and I came alongside of the then director and tried to help in ways that I could I and so anyhow it was being closed I didn't understand that at all and so I let the the ministry at the headquarters know listen I'm interested in helping I'll do anything I can wherever you need me I like to bring people together and and I have I'm not bad at marketing and 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 showing us as Canadians among the nations. So um, I took it on and um, I didn't have, (laughs) there wasn't anyone else alongside of me, but I knew, I knew that God had directed Mm -hmm. me. And maybe that timing was perfect for me to be healed and to understand, come into Israel and to understand it in a way in that five, five year period so that I could actually come in and say, I'm not a male. I'm not a pastor. I'm not like you, Jeff. You know, so in, in a Christian ministry, that, that tends to be a little against me because I, I don't have those particular assets. So, but that didn't deter me. I, um, I uh, just decided to dig in and, and do everything I could to make ICJ Canada a very viable part of the ministry, the greater ministry worldwide. And you know what, it's, it's with a great team and with God's grace and, and provision, we have a wonderful uh, rep team across Canada, a wonderful core team. Uh, we, uh, we've pushed through all these years and now we're one of the leading uh, with four to six branches in the world. Mm-hmm. For our contributions, so I can say, you know, we worked hard and we still do, and uh, but we remain faithful to the fact that our our calling is well. We're transparent. We we want the maximum funds that we can send there uh, goes goes to help those most in need in Israel, and there's there's a lot of need there, and uh, so we want to connect the church to Israel and Israel to the church. Amen. And in the teaching and um, having that experience you can't, Yeah, you will know this Jeff you can't uh, beat the first time Israel experience or the repeat time, there's something that happens once you're in the land that uh, uh, just edifies God he becomes so real and you can see where Jesus preached and and the Bible's of the story just come alive. You don't you don't read your Bible the same way at all.
1: That's absolutely true. And uh, you have uh, you know proven that uh, you don't need to be. Uh, a pastor to lead one of these ministries. That when God calls you to something so specific, he he, he equips, he enables, and um, you have well established ICEJ here in Canada, and uh, we we honor you for that. I think it's amazing to see what God has done through this ministry since you have taken it over. I didn't realize that they were actually closing down. That's that was something that uh, that I learned today, and. Uh, right.
2: Well, it closed down, and then that, that part of that was the charitable status was surrendered. Okay. Uh, so that was a huge loss because that that charitable status was since '83, and you can't just get without a lot of cost and a lot of time and mm-hmm. with difficulty uh, being true to your mandate concerning Israel, in Canada. So, um, anyhow. I like a challenge, <laughs> I guess, well, that's, you know,
1: I'd say you rose to it. Well, and uh, tell us a little bit about your role at ICEJ now. What has that what has that become and, and what is sort of day to day for you? I mean, I know that it's changed a lot since COVID yeah. happened, as as most of ours have. But uh, just talk a little bit about about what it is that you do.
2: Well, um it has changed considerably. So in the very beginning, I was doing absolutely everything until we could raise a little money, as, send it to Israel, but also to maintain an office here. So then I brought in some, an assistant. So it was very lean and mean. Um, so my role was multi. Um, and as I said, I, I I was in the Jewish community quite a bit. Um, I just loved it. I, I, I had to learn more. And I love the Jewish people. And um, um, a lot of people got got to know me too, but, but I committed a lot of time to understanding how, how we could help the Jewish community here. And, and it's a community of about 400,000. I started right away with the Mission Fest. That was something that was done in the past. So I didn't miss a beat, but we did Vancouver, Toronto. At one time, we did five Mission Fests across Canada. So what does that mean? You know what that means. Um, so located in uh, was uh, Vancouver, where it started, it's the biggest, and then Toronto, but also at West, and Edmonton. It was also in Montreal, and Halifax. So actually, over a period of time, Uh, We did participate in all of those, and that was quite busy because I would actually go to those locations personally. But then I developed this team, this amazing team. Um, And we're still looking for a great representation because uh, then they're the local people to the churches, to to the community, and um, with events and meaningful events. And um, so... I think just overseeing and also representing Canada to the home home branch, so i would I would go to envision i would our uh, january um, our leadership uh, meetings uh, so and share a lot of our ideas. So I had a lot of ideas and they they were working in Canada, so I wanted to share that among the nations if if they wanted to one that I did uh, develop was the um scholarship for young adults so they could come to israel
0: mm.
2: Itj had started a grafted program for young adults 18 to 30 but then um be, it morphed into uh, a rise for our young adults and finland had a very big role in encouraging our embassy to go in that direction so i i I really picked up on that in a big way so that we'd started to offer scholarships. So how is it, Jeff, that a, a person can go through Bible college, study the Bible, you know, read the Bible, preach from the Bible, and never be in the land of the Bible?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And so I'd go to the heads of the different denominations and say, could we become a facilitator for your young adults? Uh, to do that, we raised actually our own funds and our first funds actually came from a Jewish entity who were doing missions, missions for journalists, firemen, uh, uh, politicians, and all of that. So uh, to, together we created this. Uh, it was quite extensive. It's a it's um quite an extensive form for young adults. We went to the evangelical Christian colleges across Canada first, we had a, a short timeline, in order to identify six candidates. And so we went to the um, chancellors, the presidents of those colleges and said, could you offer up, could you recommend uh, one, you know, your top People to us so that we can consider and they can make an application if they want to come to Israel. The, the criteria was they, they, they're in leadership, they're Canadian, they're Christian, and they've never been to the land of Israel before. So we started there, we got our group out in the summer, and uh, we had six delegates go. And so we launched that in 2008. And according to the funds, as as they come in, then we are able then to select carefully uh it's they have to have references that's quite extensive and they get pre-training before they go to israel we want them to have a basis of understanding about israel before they actually go there we want that to be an exciting experience yes but that they need to have some basic knowledge before biblical knowledge before then so um Adam Gabelli is our deputy director. He was our uh, Reverend Adam Gabelli, and he was our rep uh, from in Montreal at his church. And then he's um, at Westwood out in Vancouver. So he became our deputy. He was our rise director and we've promoted him to deputy. So he is a young man. He's 31 and uh, he's been on these trips. He's actually co-led the international groups. And um, we are now, because of um, the COVID, we have now we're hoping to have three uh, delegates, not three, three sets of delegates going out in uh, next spring to Israel. So we've postponed and we've got people in waiting, these young delegates, but we're mentoring them along with uh, monthly uh, Zoom calls and their studies. And I think that'll be very exciting. I think we'll be allowed up to thirty on a bus and um, having that delegation will be i think be even more powerful than um, than the smaller group in a way. but we also do training there. We go to a stand with us is a well-known advocacy group in Israel they're right across from the King David and they will uh, teach about the history of of Israel but also what's the what's the current situation there
1: hmm very good.
2: How many hear that?
1: Well, that's exciting. And I, uh, kind of smiling along because we, um, I not knowing, you know, that, uh, that you actually had that program a number of years ago, we started to advocate with, uh, Pentecostal Bible colleges here in Canada to, uh, do something similar. And we have a, a course for credit that has been approved at, uh, our college in Peterborough. And, good. um, we actually had to cancel our first, our inaugural uh, tour. We called it First Century Adventures. Um, had to cancel it last August because of COVID, and uh, now are in the process of rebuilding for May 2022. So, uh, and we had about 34 that were ready to go. And so we'll see uh, what happens this time around. But I I applaud you for that focus and emphasis on young people, especially future pastors. Uh, we we just felt so strongly that, um, you know, myself, having been a pastor for 20 years before I actually went to Israel and, and had this sort of first experience and, and God, uh, you know, captured my heart with a passion for Israel and for the Jewish people. Uh, I think that even just the way they teach, the way they preach, uh, can never be the same once they've gone and experienced the land, and so. Um, i we could learn probably from from you and the program that you've put together and maybe we'll have to talk about that on another occasion but uh, anyhow the uh, the role that you're in currently you sort of wear a lot of hats and and in the beginning you, you talked about doing everything i totally understand that we have a very small team and uh, i feel some days like like i do it all. But, um, you know, we, we also anticipate looking forward to some, some good growth and, and so on. Now, I want to ask you, you, you already mentioned 50 times or, or a little over 50 times you've been to Israel. Um, I have not been near that many. I think I'm somewhere around the 20 mark. But, but uh, what's, what keeps you going back and, and does it ever get old for you?
2: No, no. Um the, the reasons why I go back to Israel can be different. Um usually they're ICJ related. I've I've served on many Jewish boards as well with the Canada Israel Committee, and that's the group that helped send our first mission out uh for the scholarship. Um I actually came under attack, a terrorist attack when we were, I was on a committee board um, meeting with the CIC when we came under attack from, from Gaza. Um, Terrorists were shooting at us on the hill overlooking, you've probably done that overlooking the Gaza. So, Mm -hmm. you know what that did? Um, I was, I guess the only evangelical Christian in the group. There were about 15 of us and um, mostly all Jewish uh, one Catholic and, and so forth. But you know what that did that bonded us in a way that joint experience, which we did survive, thankfully. Um, Avi Dichter, uh, who was a cabinet minister? He, he, his bodyguard took a bullet and he survived and, and went on to have children and he was, uh, he's fine. Uh, thankfully, but you know, the star, the papers Well, I think we were written up in that I have printed up like 30 different papers. So the, um, mm. Uh, wanting to know, well, so no one headed to the airport. You know, we wouldn't say we're out of here. What it did, it bonded us in a way that Christians and Jews, you could have, you know, 50 multi faith dinners, but, you know, being in that experience sort of makes that um, not necessary. It's, it, uh, yeah. So we went away and then we were talking to reporters and no, it just, you know what it did? It just strengthened. It showed us in a few seconds of what happened, how, how the people of Israel, especially in the South, but it can be anywhere in Israel now today, um, how they live under that kind of tension. We think we're in tension here through our, our world experience of the pandemic, but um they they live under the constant threat. And now there's incendiary kites, balloons, burning fields. Like these are kids' toys that are being used as weapons and they're burning out fields. So we're coming in with um, firefighting uh, trucks uh, that are attached to uh, ultra-terrain uh, vehicles. We're coming in with... Uh, Operation Life Shield bomb-proof shelters so that people can actually stand at a bus and know that they can be safe if a red alert happens. And the red alert, as you know, is a woman's voice warning them that, you know, and if you're in the South, you have no more than 12 seconds to find safety. Mm-hmm. And what they were doing back in the day, they were even hiding under uh, cement culverts that were in the ditch. That doesn't save you. That's that. So we have life-saving... Uh, booths I think we've now put in about 150 that's a lot they're they're very very expensive but they're very very effective and they're saving lives and and the communities their playgrounds nurseries uh community centers bus stops um where but they're in their shelters and usually it's in August and you put 10 12 people in a hot Bomb shelter in the bottom of a house, or now, and these are on the ground, so above ground, so that it's accessible to anyone and everyone. We did the same at the Haifa home for Holocaust survivor to the north. Uh, we built in two life saving shelters so that they could get there safely. So this is what it's like. And we were going to Jerusalem. We were doing the Feast of Tabernacles in 2001 when the Second Intifada hit. People were not going. 50% of the Jewish people were not going to Israel. But who were going? We were going up to uh, the Feast of Tabernacles, the Lord's third feast, um, faithfully. A few canceled, but we were there. And you know, that spoke volumes, Jeff, to the people of Israel. Sure, yeah. They, They saw, you know, why aren't you in Florida? Why aren't you? You're spending money to being here and putting yourself possibly at risk. And, and we were gathering, we'd have thousands of people from around the world congregate, and we were there for the Lord's Feast. We were walking through the streets of Jerusalem in our native costumes, um, and we just expressed our love, and Huximak, and Happy Holidays, and, and they knew at that moment. I think that became the, the very clear moment that we were true friends. We weren't just fair weather friends. We were there in support of them
1: well that's great and so so to go to return to to be in israel is important because it shows that friendship and it lets people know that uh, that we are in support of them as as christians and as a christian community and i think that uh is is so critical and and has been something that uh, that israel even the government of israel have have Begun to recognize over the last number of years, and uh, we we feel that that's so important as well. Let me switch gears just a little bit. Uh, some time ago, you were the executive producer of an incredible presentation called "The Covenant," and um, I was doing some reviewing this morning before I came on with you and and remembering actually having the opportunity to go and uh, to see this at uh, a theater in Toronto, um, uh, just trying to remember the name of the theater, but it's just, it used to be called the Ford Theater, I think. Uh,
2: well, it changed names just a few times. But yeah, yeah. Performing Arts, it's up in North
1: York. Yes. Now, talk to us just a little bit about the project. What was it? What was the main message? And, uh, and can people still access this, I guess, would be the other question. Yes,
2: they can. Yes, they can. If they still have DVD players, we have the product and would be very happy to send it your way. Um, I came... Um, the the covenant was shown. Well, first of all, it was produced by a couple, Elizabeth and Robert Muren, a Norwegian Christian couple. Um, they were they were between Norway and um, Jerusalem. They're actors, composers, musicians, all that. Uh, they've done different musicals. So this one this one was meant to be performed in Israel. To Israelis. So it was done in uh, Hebrew. And that was the beginning of it. And then um, Europe, the churches of Europe and in North America, I say the US, wanted it too. And so it made its way to, we were invited, that is the, the core team in Israel and from around the world were invited to Azusa Street for its 100th celebration. We had one of our international meetings that coincides with being at Azusa Street. And that's where I saw it for the first time. And it was powerful. And what it is, it's a story of the Jewish people from God's covenant, unilateral covenant with Abraham, all through to the modern state of Israel in an hour and a half. Mm hmm. And so it was performed in English. And so I knew that the creators were wanting, it had been filmed a few times, uh, each time in better quality, but it had never been done in high definition. And I saw an opportunity to undertake this, produce it in high high definition in Toronto so that we could have um, our communities here enjoy it. It was a huge undertaking. Uh, it, It put together 60 actors. So we had the core actors, they were coming up from the US. And then you have props, you have actors. And in the meantime, while we were bringing in 30 of the core team, and they were international as well as from Israel, we brought together 30 Canadians to practice as a supporting group. And then, when the two groups came together, we had a very short period of time in order to marry the two groups together in this production, and it worked beautifully. But there's also things like props and so forth. When, when the um, I, I understand that when the props, there's a lot, a lot of costumes, Jeff. If you have babies up to seniors, biblical up to modern day, there's a lot of Costume changes, right? Mm, yeah. And, and a lot of detail. Um, so um, the cargo was held up on a ship somewhere else. So they had to work hard in the US to bring it. And then we had to work hard to make sure that our manifest was 100% so that it could clear the border without delay. All of that came together. I even held a conference at the um, uh, up at at North York at the same time with Malcolm Heading and um, Jim Cantillon and a few others. So we did it on Mother's Day in 2007. Um, I'll give you the the graphics so that you can show it for your program. But it is, um, it's it's, um, done in English, Performed in English, in high definition, but translated in 12 different languages, subtitled. The neat thing about this, so this will take you through the Abrahamic covenant. It takes you through stories like um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, through um, Jesus, who um, the woman who um, was going to be stoned, and into young, young David, King David. Uh, Daniel in the Den, and then it, go, take, it goes into Europe during the, the Holocaust, and then the Holocaust, and then into the modern state of Israel. And I had, um, there's a cantor friend, and he was a producer, and I have it somewhere, which I had it sort of at my fingertips. But he said, I gave him a copy of this, he didn't see it live, unfortunately, but he said, with skepticism he watched it a jewish cantor producer and yet he said it was one of the finest he said i cannot recommend any changes to this it was the most magnificent piece because it went through all those those ages over that time period with all those changes from baby to to senior it was it was a marvel and um so we, we felt that we produced, we were selling empty uh, boxes actually. (laughs) So uh, it was being produced so people could buy the box and we would send the DVD later and, and uh, people really enjoyed it. So it has a long life, even if it's on DVD, we'll be putting that on our, on our website. It could be up even now so that people can enjoy it. And it's a great gift for Jewish friends. You know, they, they can watch it in Hebrew, English, doesn't matter the language. And, um, And we had a a terrific team, and we pulled it off. And um, so, and then we did that for the 60th anniversary. And you can actually see back then we got the crest from the State of Israel. The consulate came, the Israel consulate, all the Jewish leaders, Christian leaders, and again, it was a time of bonding and marvel. It was to show that we came.
1: It was a fantastic production, and I. personally had the privilege of of sitting and watching it live. And we would recommend if you are watching, if you're listening, go and get yourself a copy of the DVD. I C E J is uh, the website. And uh, you can purchase it there. We would encourage you to do that. Uh, it was just a tremendous, tremendous production. And uh, I personally haven't seen the, the video of it. But um, oh, I can tell you live, you. it was amazing.
2: We'll send you a copy, Jeff.
1: Oh, thank you, Donna. That's great. (laughs) Now, ICEJ over the years um, has been known for one sort of big thing that uh, you do every year, and that is hosting a conference during the Feast of Tabernacles. And I know that, you know, this has changed over the last couple of years, but tell us about this year. It's coming up very soon. And um, why should people be involved in that?
2: Well, if, if we understand that this is the Lord's feast, this is not our feast, um, and that will take me back to the Watsons who were uh, God-inspired to start the International Christian Embassy Jerusalem. They're Canadians, uh, Merv and Merla Watson, musicians, and their first feast was at Christchurch in 1979. Merv, Merla will tell you this. And so it caught on when the embassies moved from Jerusalem to Tel Aviv. Christians, evangelical Christians who were meeting with them in Jerusalem knew, knew that we had to take a stand with Israel uh, from her capital. So we've been there for 41 years now. So that was the beginning. Now, because of um, COVID, we had to... Um, find ways in which we could gather a world, a global body of Christians um, and believers without being physically in the land and what that did. And we, so we, quite amped up our systems, we were going into zoom and and beyond that, there's systems in place that are even beyond that and even this year, improved again. So when we would do a feast, Jeff, we would have it in Jerusalem. um, We would have 5000 4000 5000 even 6000 um, during like the Jubilee year, people will make special reasons to be in, in Israel during their celebrations and their 70th, for instance. So then um, we thought, and, and it worked. <laughs> We're very thankful to God that the whole thing worked really well. So what happened was we had 7,500 registrants. So you know the cost and the time for anyone to get to Israel. You have to, but we have really strong Zionists who want to be there. We and their hearts are broken if they can't be. But what we were able to do was bring bring Israel, bring Jerusalem to everyone in the world in their time zone. So and we did it most successfully with bigger numbers. So I think the Lord, you know can we adjust? Can we think of creative ways in which to do the work that we're called to do and and not Forsake that work, but actually enhance it. And so we were able to do that. And this year is going to be terrific. It's going to be eight days, eight days of celebrations from September 20th to the 27th. That's our election day, by the way. And we're going to take you live for two hours each day live. It's four o'clock Israel time, which makes it nine o'clock Eastern time which makes that six o'clock on the, on the Pacific coast. But where we're going to take you on day one will be the Southern steps of the temple. It's roll call of the nations. And then we'll go up to Capernaum, the sea of Galilee, the home of Jesus on the 21st. Then we go, it's the days of Valajah is the, is the theme. We're going to go to Qumran. We always have a desert experience And then on day four, which is the 23rd, the Garden Tomb in Jerusalem for communion service. Uh, And then we have all languages, by the way. It will be in English, but we will have translators in about 10 different languages. So people will always be able to understand what we're doing. And then we go to um, Sukkah Hallel, Prayer for the Nations on the 24th. Uh, We'll be in the TBN. Um, studios for two of those days for the Cry of the Great King and Isaiah 19 Highway and then Kahila uh, at um, uh, Carmel at Mount Carmel mm-hmm. uh, rebuilding the altar of the Lord so that um, and we have our wonderful friend and teacher Peter Sukaharia and I think he's been on your program right? Lou course. Lou Ingle is coming on board, Angus Buckham. You'll know him for the Faith Like Potatoes. He's from South Africa, the farmer with the hat, and he's led wonderful revivals for men in in Africa. Our own uh, Juergen Bruder, Dr. Bruder, is our president. Malcolm Hedding is our international spokesman. And Daniel Yohav will have believers in the land. Uh, Joel Rosenberg, Wayne Hillsden, I think many of us know. Um it just go Renny Terranova is our, our director in Brazil and he brings multiple people when we can come physically. Mosey McDuba is our uh African um uh overseer, director, many more. Susan Michael from the States, um, Dr. Michael, David Parsons in our media department. It goes on and on. You can go to that website, icj.ca, and you'll see how it unfolds, there's going to be a deadline for those registrations. It's only $50 U.S. You have access to about 100 teachings and all the live um, on-location events for three months under that package. If you pay a higher package, you can can do watch parties. You can do a watch party and then just take an offering. You can do um, how many you can put in a room together uh, Mm -hmm. for 50 bucks. And then take a love offering, uh, but there'll be virtual tours throughout the Israeli sites uh, with Israel Tourism. So we, we're going to bring it
1: all to you. Wonderful! And when is that registration deadline, so people know when they have to? Well, for
2: Canada, for Canada, it's this Sunday, which is the 9th twelfth. But you can register right through. You can go to the main website icj.org, and you can register even throughout the feast.
1: Okay. All right. Well, that'll be good information for, for people to have, and we would encourage you to go and check that out as well. And um, I, this, as I say, you know, I, if I think of ICEJ, even in my days sort of prior to being this involved in Israel ministry, uh, the Feast of Tabernacles was the one thing that kind of stood out always for me. Now, you guys also have a partnership with Yad Vashem, which I think is amazing, uh, the World Holocaust Remembrance Center in Jerusalem. Uh, tell us a little bit about what they do and, and what prompted ICEJ to, to have an official partnership with them?
2: Well, I I think it was friendship. I think it was knowing one another and having coffee together and understanding um, that was back in 2006, and it was Yed Vashem's invitation to us, which is a historic invitation, because that's the very heart of the Jewish people. If If you're talking about the Holocaust... That affects everyone in the Jewish world, and that's a very tender spot. So, um, it was friendship. Malcolm Heading was our executive director then for eleven years, and he had a friendship with uh, Shai Ben Yehuda and um, and it was decided that why are we not working together in a, officially. And how can we reach Christian leaders around the world, Christians, to understand more about the Holocaust? Many still don't understand mm-hmm. the depth of what happened. And so uh, Dr. Susanna kokonen uh, was there, our director, for 10 years. And um, um, we have Sari there now. She's been in the Yad Vashem. And we really have, we've been doing webinars actually throughout this year the last Wednesday of every month, 12 noon Eastern time. We also offer uh, an end, but when, when it was possible in Jerusalem, we would, they would, you could apply as a pastor and a leader anywhere in the world and say, I'd like to apply to come to our, your Christian Friends of Yad Vashem Seminar. And what it would be a whole week, there'd be some touring, we'd be on site at Yad Vashem, hear from Holocaust survivors, hear from the uh, a friend of Anne Frank, and um, look at the artwork, the photos, the, the the artifacts, and what did that mean? Actually putting pictures together when people were separated, they would have a family picture or a friend, neighbor Picture and they tear it in half. You take that part and that part, and they're putting those together, and the whole story comes together of that relationship. Oh. So it, it's been marvelous. And we bring groups. So when the true groups go in, they're met by the Christian friends of Yad Vashem um, staff, and we get. Um, we often get specialty tours that may be um, not offered to the public, and and people go away after those seminars. Many of our reps have been in these seminars, and they are now our representatives um, in Canada to to speak about and teach about the Holocaust. Um, and we invite in the, church, in the churches, uh, we host Holocaust survivors uh, through the um, Holocaust Center here in Toronto, for instance. There's one in Vancouver. Dina Kaufman is our Western Holocaust uh, representative. Um, we do special ceremonies, uh, commemoratives. Um, We go up to Ottawa, there would be one there and we'd be represented. And um, having those churches come alongside our ministry, we have many wonderful partnering uh, churches. The Friends of Jesus Christ here in Toronto is one of our more outstanding partners. Uh, They do an Israel Rejoicing, I think, perhaps, Jeff, you've been to that, they would have that in the Jewish Park every year. Mm -hmm. And this year at it inside in in their church but they come back from the feast that's how we met they'll come back from the feast and they're they have a hundred dancers and they're starting from the ages of three to seniors and they they learn how to do all the uh the israeli dances the songs um they throw in a little bit of their filipino traditional dances but it's for the community it's for the jewish community it's all free we do yeah. the Walk for Israel together. We're out in masses. We show up and people say, you know, it does my heart good just to see you here because we'd be at a rally, cold, miserable weather. And, and Christians are there and they'll think, we didn't think you cared, you know. So, yeah. um, it, So it really blesses them to know that they're not alone. And if we can make that really clear, we're doing our job
1: wonderful well I think that uh, you know you you help us understand that that as Christians uh, we need to treat anti-semitism uh, with with the um, uh, discussed that it deserves. I, I think that um, any of those kinds of actions, and, and sadly, we've seen an increased activity of this kind of thing in the GTA and around the world uh, in the last little while. And so, so for a Christian who's listening, a believer who's listening, uh, what should be our response to anti-Semitism, and how can we how can we show the Jewish people that we do care and that we love them?
2: Just show up, learn, learn and speak out. There are petitions, there are physical rallies, show up for them. Uh, show that you care, uh, write a letter, um, learn about it and teach others about it. Um, there was, uh, I don't know where the story ever came from, we're in a neighborhood, um, a, a a Jewish family was ostracized in graffiti, uh, anti-Semitic graffiti on their house for putting up a Hanukkah. And that's the uh, eight-branched um, menorah at, at, uh, for Hanukkah. And so what did the neighborhood do? They all put a Hanukkah in their window and lit it up at night. So if we show that kind of solidarity, you're not alone. Uh-huh. We- You're not going to take this. We're not going to allow this to happen to you. And you're not going to be ostracized or set apart. And we have to be careful about that right now, Jeff. Are we allowing any group of people to be set apart differently from the rest of us? So um, that's that's our moral duty, civil duty. So be visible. Excellent. And if need be be loud.
1: Very good. Mm -hmm. Well, Donna, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us here today. We certainly appreciate uh, having the opportunity to interview and reconnect and uh, pray God's continued blessing on your ministry.
2: And to you also, Jeff, thank you for the
1: opportunity.
0: Israel. That meaningful name is mentioned more than 2,300 times in the Bible. It is from this land, nation, and people that Christianity emerged some 2,000 years ago. But since that time, Christianity has become mostly disconnected from Israel. And without an understanding of the Jewishness of Jesus and our Hebraic foundations, so much of the depth and meaning of the Bible is lost. First Century Foundations is committed to helping Christians reconnect and stay connected to Israel. We invite you to subscribe to our YouTube channel where you can view our TV programs and weekly video podcast Keeping It Israel. Follow us on Facebook and our other social media platforms. Let's reconnect to Israel and stay connected. Find out more at firstcenturyfoundations.com